Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Maglia Rosa Dan and with me as always with her ruddy red cheeks is my good friend Maglia Rosa Sarah. Ruddy red cheeks? Isn't that like a British thing? Isn't that what happens when like your grandma pinches your cheeks or something or you go outside and it's cold or some shit? I don't know. You have you have beautiful you have beautiful um beautiful pink cheeks. You don't have that they kind of you well, know pink, like red whatevs. What I mean, okay, fine. Thanks. I was doing a really cool Jiro intro, which everyone loved right up until you questioned me <laughs> and undermined me at the first fucking opportunity. So. <laughs> oh, Dan is having election. I had election blues last week. Dan is having election blues this week. So I, I will try to not let my bitterness at our lack of a government. We literally don't have a government at the moment. That's all right. We don't have a prime minister. So. Um, <laughs> Oh, come on, Dan. It's the Giro Rosa. Giro, Giro, Giro it, honestly, Rosa. it honestly actually has Giro been. Rosa. Oh, no, it don't sing the fucking song. But it has no, been actually one of my highlights. Oh, thank fuck. Because um, the racing has been really good. Yeah, see, I am. Uh, I'm I'm just so here we are. I'm we're having this slight problem um with the Giro Rosa this year I am being glass half full Sarah today because it's quite difficult because for some reason the Giro Rosa has less media than ever before and it's frustrating and it's and it's annoying and you know when the live tweeting only starts in the last 25 kilometers from the race and stuff it's 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 um it's it's difficult 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 so yeah it's um yes it's hard but I am glass half full Sarah, man. I am not giving in to the dark side. Um, yeah. You can be nihilistic Dan, but I am glass half full Sarah. No, 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 I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, I get that that's frustrating and, and annoying and difficult, but um, the racing itself, I've really enjoyed so far. So, you know, I, I'm liking the spectacle of the race. Everything that we talked about last week in terms of it being, you know, um an opportunity for much more interesting and diverse sort of results and stuff i think is well maybe not all of it's coming true but there's been some really interesting things happen in the the first four stages yeah 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 it's um in around about what like 20 minutes or something we're going to start to find out who's good at descending the motorola and who's not so yeah yeah we're pretending we're not we, we said we weren't going to do that dan we said we're going to we're not oh. going to be like clicking out on a yeah look I, I think i think it's pretty fucking good that we made it two and a half minutes into the podcast before one of us blew it so you know like... yeah <laughs> yeah if you hear me suddenly get distracted it's because i'm desperately up retweeting to find out what's happening on stage five <laughs> but no in real life we are st- we're just at the end of stage four Yep. We're going to cover the first half of the race, and it's um, it's it's going to be it's going to be yeah. interesting. We, we, we're going to talk about the first half of the race, and then next week we'll talk about the second half of the race. Ta-da! Indeed. And we will um, also wrap up a bunch of other news because there's been some really interesting oh things my in God. terms of Olympic results Sorry. and world championships in mountain bike and stuff. So yeah. You're totally going to have to give me my time to rhapsodize about the mountain, cross-country mountain bike world champs. Well, okay, wow, in, in that case, wow, no, no, look, I believe you, but in that case, we'd better get a move on. So, Because you know you know that we say every week, oh, there's not been that much, and so we probably should keep it to an hour. And then three hours and 27 minutes later, we're still going. So, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's been tons. Okay, so Giro Rosa. Um, if you if catch up, it's the only race that's allowed over to, uh, allowed to be ten days. It's the nearest equivalent women have to a Grand Tour. It's in gorgeous, beautiful Italy, which has been it's been oh, oh, so oh, oh, and, gorgeous. And you know, beautiful backdrops, great racing, great mix of terrain and stuff. Um, surprise, Italian mountains have reared their head, so that's been exciting too. And um, yeah. So started off with a prologue on well Friday night my time I Friday afternoon I guess for you Euros with your times yes yes so so the prologue we start with an evening prologue and I I never know what I think about an evening prologue to be honest I find them it's two kilometers um, it's basically like a massive sprint um, they they just it's just a chance to basically. Really? I like him. I'm totally in because it feels so civilized to me because like in my mind, I'm like in some really cool Italian city sitting at an outdoor cafe, sipping wine as the prologue goes past, you know, like that would be genius. But why, why is that different to an ITT? Well, or an ITT, but a, a Friday evening prologue to me is just like fucking great because you finish work, you go downstairs, you eat some, I don't know, prosciutto or something and fucking drink aperitifs you know negroni hour like who who wouldn't love that like in summer like yeah you know and just all be like hmm all these italians are so much better dressed than me but this is still fun so <laughs> like like what's not to love about a friday evening prologue i, mean, I love I, I love an evening prologue an evening crit an evening itt an evening prologue i mean yeah no yeah i get that it's a great i mean this is the thing isn't it it's like crit it's like sometimes the things that have the least impact on things like the general classification are the easiest ways in for riders so like crits for example uh you know are are the best way to be introduced to a sport because they're so fast and furious and get to see so much and you can walk around the whole course and you can see the difference between them riding on the climb and them riding on the descent and that kind of thing so yeah i I mean i get it i get it but it's just i just find it an interesting way to start a race because um, you know you start off with 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 some gc shake-up but it's very very tiny and i was really happy to see the winner on this because we started out with a a rider who's never worn the Malia Rosa, a rider who's won her first her first World Tour um, victory um, this this season. The rider who I think I've said every single week since the season started, Leah Kirchman has really yeah. stepped up this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, and she she a hundred percent has stepped up this year. I I I start to yeah, like like I just think you know I think her star is still on the rise. Like as much as she's oh, yeah. this year, I think she's got way, way more to, to go. And I'm actually really excited for her. Um, yeah. And she's young yet. She's yeah. young yet. This is yeah. the thing is she's, is, is we're not talking about someone who's been around for a hundred years and you know, with, with, uh, how old, how old is she? She was born in, yeah, she's literally only just 26. Yeah. Like exactly. she turned 26 the day before the Giro started. You know, like she's, <laughs> she's, she's about to sort of hit that sort of peak block of form for, in terms of her career, you know, like not just not, not for the season, but I mean, you know, 26 to 30 roughly you know let's say uh, are going to be great years um so i'm i'm actually really excited but the other thing that's really impressed me about leah so far this year is just the aplomb with which she seems to have acclimated to euro racing well i so you know again we i say feel like i say this every week but leah Kirk, kirchman she's canadian and she's basically been so far in her career uh racing um on north american teams 
uh, and coming across for blocks of racing in Europe. And this is her first. So this is her first. So this means that she can't have that full season. Um, you know, a full season of racing because you just can't because you're only coming over for blocks of racing. You've got your, you know, the, the American market is more strong, more important than the uh, the 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 um uh, the, the, than anything else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So for those, so seats, she came absolutely. and she's always been fantastic. She's been really, she's always been a rider to watch. She mm-hmm. she won. I think it was the year before last. She held like she won the Crit ITT and Road Racing National uh, Canadian Championships all in the same weekend. Yeah, uh, she was third in the first ever. Um, uh, La Course by the Tour de France. Yep. But she started off this season, um, she came fourth in Omelie Pet Noisblad. She was second in Teltowinger, the Lotto Cycling Cup. Mm-hmm. And then she won the Drenze, she was won the Drenze Acht, which is a tough, tough race, which is after the Ronde van Drenthe World Tour race. So she was 10th in Strade and Ronde van Drenthe. She was 7th in Gent with Elgen. And she's just been getting slowly, 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 slowly. She came second in in stage one and stage two of the tour of Chongming Island. Now, albeit that's a much smaller field, but she was third overall. I'm not dissing it. And then she came second in stage four of the Aviva Women's Tour and six overall. So yep. it's just like, yeah, yeah, this is this is good. She's 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 just she's just really interesting rider. So Yeah, yeah. And definitely yeah. the superstar of Canadian racing for sure. Yeah, I mean, just awesome. So, yeah, so Leah Kirkman won. Talita de Jong, the cyclocross world champion, um, very young sprinter from Rabo, lived in second. And Anna van der Brega, another sprinter in third, one second back. Megan Guarnier, the, the, who did so well last year, three seconds back with Roxana Kneitzman. Tiff Cromwell in sixth. Nia Doma in fifth with Amelie Diedrichsen, Barbara Gurdishi. Evelyn Stevens in, in, uh, in tenth uh, with Lizzie Armitstead, Longo Borghini, and a whole range of other top riders Amy Elusic yeah all sorts of riders who were just so you're like huh yeah that kind of sets it up we've got a, a Maglia, Ro- Maglia Rosa that means something um yeah uh just awesome yeah. awesome way to start exactly exactly and you know and gets it all started and gives everyone something to fight for and and whatever as we get out of business in stage one yeah, and stage one, Liv Planter were absolutely fighting to keep that jersey. Uh, it's it's um, it's 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 been it was quite quite an interesting you know it's quite interesting watching them watching them race. So uh, stage one was a, uh, a it could go a lot of different ways actually. It's one of those ones where it looks on paper. Uh, we we joke about the profiles of the of the of the Giro Rosa, and one of the interesting things is they don't put like a vertical. They don't put any kind of things on a vertical axis so you have to kind of guess where it is they put like the, the kilometer points but you know you're looking at it going, okay that that hill meter meterage of the thing that 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 first hill is 268 it looks quite a gentle slope that second hill montanaire is 312 meters yeah that looks quite gentle this looks like a sprinter stage right yeah yeah well, it's what it looks like, but as we all know, and as as we're fond of saying and did say again last week, um, you know, one thing about Italian races is that their um, their stage guides are more more a suggestion than necessarily an accurate and faithful representation. Did you see Tiffany's tweet, yeah. Tiffany Cromwell's tweet about the climb in the middle? Well, yeah, I don't want to foreshadow too much, but I was going to come back to that later on too. Cause... No, I think we should say about because so so they started <laughs> off and they started off with um, Marta Tagliaferro in an early attack, and then when it came to the hills, that's when the action happened. Mm, mm. 
And uh, yeah, tell them about Tiffany Cromwell's tweets. Yeah, so um, I can't remember if she used our exact terminology, but you know, words to the effect of "lover surprise mountain" in the in the um, Giro, and when um, the guide she did a side by side picture thing. She's like, when the guide looks like this, and it's just like shows a small climb, and in reality, it's like this, and you know, showed some photo of a car going up a sheer vertical cliff. It was like it's a bike being hoisted up a mountain on a bike on like one of those yeah, bike yeah. hoists. <laughs> awesome. So it was um, it was very funny. So we kind of had attacking on the hill, and it, a group of four riders got away: Evelyn Stevens and Megan Guarnier from Balls Dolmans, Elisa Longo-Borghini from Wiggle High Five, and Cashin Uadoma from Rabo Live. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, game on! That could be that could be the top four of the Giro. You know, they're they're, they're all strong be. enough. To be the top four of this year, and but I was a little bit confused, and that's on the first climb with about I'm going to say I'm guessing because we don't have that much information, so we have to pretty much guess. I think that was with around 35k to go okay. that they escaped, um, because then we kind of find out that there's a chase behind them, and I think no, I think it might have been the second climb to go with uh, 20 odd kilometers to go. I don't know. It's it. This race has been frustrating me. Glass half full, Sarah. Glass yeah, half full. Yeah. Glass half full. Half full. All right. Yes. Half full. So come on, tell us the bit that confused you. So around 20 k's to go, second last climb. So we see that there's five riders chasing. And those five riders chasing are Claudia Lichtenberg, the former winner. Yep. Um, Tatiana Goderzo, former world champion. Rasalela Vita, who was on an EPO ban for a couple of years and been very quiet since. Right. Um, uh, it's it's uh yeah it's it's um it's interesting because there's also Mara Abbott and Georgia Bronzini. And at this yeah, point, okay. yeah, no, and, okay. then, and then and then everyone points out to me, well, that's because Wiggle High Five are chasing because Elisa Longo Borghini isn't their leader; they're chasing for Mara Abbott. Yeah, no, well, okay, so. I get why you would say that, but I disagree with that, but not completely, which is a really confusing way of saying, I think that, to me, that sounds more like a move to protect Mara than to chase Elisa, if you know what I mean? Like, basically yeah. save, save time, because like you said, that group, you look at um, Evelyn and Megan in particular, uh, I mean, Mara, even as protected rider, Mara would have, she's going to have a hell of a gunfight, you know, cycling leg joke, <laughs> um, intended. <laughs> <laughs> um with them at some point you know in in stages to come so i can understand that that wiggle would chase but not chase too hard if you know what i mean um yeah to to just limit the losses to mara there but at the same time that's a pretty dangerous kind of chasing to be doing with three other riders who are actually just going to try and bring it back mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess, I also have a secret love, want for uh, Elisa Longo-Borghini to win the Giro. You know, like I want Elisa to be the team <laughs> captain. I want her to win I, the Giro. I, I don't think that's as big a secret as you think it might be. <laughs> it's not just. To be fair, it's not just Elisa. It's not just Elisa. I also want Cashinia Doma to win. You know, I'd love. I know. I'd love I know polyamory is all the rage and trend and stuff at the moment, but you do take it to extremes, dear. Uh, <laughs> I just I like the fact that I like the fact that the cycling is cycling is 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 full of you can support lots of riders at the yeah, same yeah, time. No, no, no. Like 
you're you're a hundred percent right, and I will always support your right to love cycling the way you love cycling. It's um, you know, love is love. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> so so at ten k to go, there's another climb, and at five k to go, the the front group of four is caught by this chase group of five. Now that means we've got two bowls dolmans, three wiggle high fives, one, and then Neodoma from Rabo, Lichtenberg from Lotto Sudal, and Guderzo from 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 Pytech and Rasselelevita from Viano Aromitalia Viano and they're caught and they start attacking it they start they start going apparently Elisa starts working bonkersly for uh for 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 Abbott and, and Bronzini because Bronzini is by far the best sprinter out of that yeah. group at 3k to go Lizzie Armitstead another Bowles Dolmans jumps out of the peloton and joins them <laughs> which is such classic Armistead. I know, like, oh fuck this. Yeah, I mean, it's not yeah. quite. It's not quite the. Uh, it's not quite the, the. 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 Yeah. It's. Um. It's. Yeah. It's. It's. It's hard. It's. It's. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's. Yeah. It's. Yeah. So. Um. Anyway, they go and um at one k to go, Evelyn Stevens tries to just just attacks right. You know, sod this. I can't. You know, I can't beat those. I can't beat those women. They're sprinting to attack, but she's chased by Georgia Bronzini who leaps on her wheel. Yep. Leaps on her wheel. Um, and they get to the end of it, and another. They get to the end, and Megan Guarnier goes, "I'm going to try it." Jumps out first, makes a move first. Bronzini passes her. Bronzini wins the stage. Megan Guarnier second. Russell Elevita third. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's uh, Cashinudoma fourth. Uh, Claudia Lichtenberg, Tatiana Goderzo. The the chase that final couple of kilometers have dropped. Evelyn Stevens and Lizzie Armitstead, who've come in five seconds back. Yeah. Mara Abbott is nine seconds back, and Elisa Longo Borghini, who was working for Mara, Mara Abbott, is twenty four seconds back in tenth place. Right. Uh, with um, Tiffany Cromwell eleventh at forty one seconds back. So Georgia Bronzini, her final year of racing. Italian rider winning a stage at the Giro Rosa. I, I was happy. I mean, you know, I, I'm happy with that. That's 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 pretty cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and Megan Guarnier moving into the Malia Rosa, which is, you know, awesome. But also, um, I guess kind of what we predicted. Yeah. A little. Well, it is a little bit. I mean, we were always like Megan's going to be a, a major contender. Um, it's interesting to me though that you you make the point that um, Evie had the the attack early on, because um, I mean obviously knowing a little bit more about what happens next, it, it's just the I think one of the things that we probably didn't necessarily talk about a lot last week uh, is the possibility that even within teams themselves, the the sort of nominally designated rider might not actually be the designated rider. Um, yeah, well, this is the thing is I don't understand. So someone like, un- I'm also thinking of Lizzie, you know, like, I mean, you know, she's at this race, but I don't think anyone's going to be surprised that she's not gunning hard to win it herself. You mm. know? Yeah. So sorry, you were saying you don't understand. I, I, I didn't understand. I didn't really get which, um, uh, which, um, 
uh, who was writing for who. Like, I, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. I, I don't really understand the Abbott. Long- I mean, obviously, Elisa keeps saying in the race reports, I'm writing for longer, um, for Abbott, I'm writing for Abbott. Yeah. But I, 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 but no, I, I didn't really understand who's the team leader. But then, remember, one of the interesting things about it is that is that is that actually I quite like it when we don't know who's the team leader and it's decided on the road. You know, like like Rabo Lib is another team where they've got Cash and Yodoma and Anna van der Breggen, yep. both as both both as possible you know, both as possible leaders. Lotto Sudal have Emma Pooley and Claudia Lichtenberg, both who um I don't think Emma's won the Giro. Emma's not won the Giro before, but she's won lots and lots of stages and yeah. come second. Yeah. Claudia Lichtenberg is a former Giro winner. So it kind of becomes uh you know, yeah, well, a lot of teams comes... have definitely approached the race with um, with multiple options this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah stage so, two. So, yeah, so stage two. Stage two starts and it's um, stage two is kind of one where you're looking at it going, yeah, this is this is this is where we can have some GC shakeups. You know, I mean, even though we've had it in the first first one, which is kind of weird, isn't it? Like you're going, yeah, it's, it's, it's GC. basically how they're running it is a couple of GCE stages. A couple of sprint stages and then GC uh, GC shake up today at stage five, but stage two was an uphill finish. And I've got to say again, the profile, looking on the profile and watching the video, it looks quite different to me. I'm sorry, it looks like a very different stage. I don't <laughs> get it. It's yeah, because in the profile it's an uphill finish, but it doesn't look so bad. You know, it's like oh, okay, it looks like it's a 200 meter, 250 meter climb, but it looks quite gentle. <laughs> no. So they started out loopy um, and they kind of alter. I, I think that although there's like attacks and some people get away and some people don't get away and stuff like that, you know, they can't get in. Oh, sorry. This was Tiffany Cromwell's tweet about the climb in the middle. God damn it. I'm I'm I've lost my. Oh, we've been the wrong my... stage. OK, well, yeah, hey, the point is it was a funny tweet. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they wait to the last 20 kilometers the action happens and, about, and, about, and it says on the first climb because there's a little climb before the big before the finished climb Anna van der Brega attacks with Cash and Uedoma, Elisa Longo-Borghini Megan Guarnier and Mara Abbott following and there's kind of various more riders join them they, they, they yep. take a group they take a group into the down the descent on the descent and then when the last 10k there's um, they, they start the last climb and Cash and Uadoma is the first rider to attack. And I love watching Kasha attack. I've you know, Kasha's my kind of secret heart dream for winning the Giro. You know, she's she's like she's my dark horse outsider. She's one of the seventy seven or eight riders who <laughs> I want to win the who, who you want to win this edition of the Giro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, well, you know, I, 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 the, the, the thing that I like about that is, though, it's not like your heart's fickle. It's, um, it's just very big, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, so, so we kind of end up with, like, this, this group that's, that I can't work out who exactly is in it, but it includes, so Cash and Yodoma attacks, Lisa Longo Morghini and Mara Abbott counter, lots of other riders in it. It's got Abbott, uh, Abbott, uh, Long, Ab- Abbott and Longo Borghini from Wiggle High Five, Megan Guarnier and Evelyn Stevens from Paul Stolmans, Claudia Lichtenberg from, uh, Lotto Sudal, Cashinia Doma, more riders. And it's just, it's interesting because there's various different riders trying to attack out of the front. Um, 
and and every time that it attacks it just loses riders off the back so it ends up with this, with this elite group and then it comes to the interesting point at about 2k to go yep it is an interesting point and it is one that i think will be pondered for a while so do it yeah well hey it's when um you know and and again we we did see it yeah, well, a version of it, I guess, in stage one. But um, but every attacks. Yeah, every steam's attacks, and 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 we're and we're looking at. I've looked at the video a couple of times, and it doesn't seem like she's communicating with Megan Guarnier, who's struggling at the back. Who's, yeah, who's, she's at the back with Megan Guarnier, her teammate, and she just attacks. And I'm like, so the first is time... she attacking her teammate, or is she, or is this a pre? I mean, I just yeah, do not so understand. The first time I, I, I saw it, I was, I was, you know, well, we were talking about it, and I was like. The only way that it makes sense to me is that that Megan had said, you know, that she wasn't, you know, that she wasn't on a good day or something, and and so told Abby to go for it or something like that. Um, but you know, as you say, when you when you watch it back again, like, and and it could, you know, it's possible that it's just in the edit that you don't get to see it. But but I couldn't see thing. a point where they had that chat, so it's hard to know what happened. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I, it's interesting. I love cycling. I love cycling for this. I love cycling for the, for trying to work out what's happening. But basically you have this situation where Stevens is attacking and behind her in the Malia Rosa, Megan Guarnier is really struggling to keep back. So, so Stevens is attacking and then Guarnier's struggling, struggling to keep on at the back. And it's like, whoa, this is, this is fascinating. And it comes down to 1K to go and we've got four riders ahead at the front. Longo Bor- Stevens, Longo Borghini and Abbott and Neodoma. And it's just, it's like, it's like, wow, this is, this is, this is fascinating because this means that, 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 that the Malia Rosa is, is, is going to change. It's, it's going to change whatever yeah. happens here. Yeah. And um, it comes down to, uh, it comes down to 1K to go. It comes down to the finish line. Elisa Longo Borghini attacks, and again, Elisa Longo Borghini attacks early, and and but hang on a minute, is it yeah. Mara Abbott? The, I I don't get it, and <laughs> and Elisa Longo Borghini attacks. Evelyn Stevens uh, about a fifty meters to go. Evelyn Stevens overtakes and wins the stage. Or maybe um, maybe it's like that thing where like um you know um gangs like in West Side Story face off and the the, the lieutenants fight it out so that the bosses don't you know like when kings choose their seconds for a duel. Yeah, you know this is this is this is Evelyn Stevens's first win since. Okay, I think I'm not counting. She had two wins last year. One of them was in the Women's Tour of New Zealand Stage One in the TTT, um, right back in February last year. And the other was winning the Amgen Tour of California's Invitational Time Trial. However, the Amgen Tour of California's Invitational Time Trial didn't have a full feed. It didn't have a full even have a full ITT feed. Right. And and the TTT, I'm never sure whether they count. So if you want to find her previous win. Her previous win was in 2014 when she won the Bowles Rental Ladies Tour. And she won the Turingen Run Fart. She won the Philadelphia Classic. But basically, last year wasn't particularly good for her. Like, right. she wasn't on the yep. podium. Of, she was third overall at the Women's Tour of New Zealand. But she, you just didn't see her on a podium. This year, she was second in Flesh Wallon, just, just, just beaten by Anna, by, 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 she beaten by Anna van der Breggen. Um, she was on the podium as part of the TTT team at the Annual Tour of California in third overall. Yep. But with Megan Guarnier winning. But this is her first. So this is her first real podium in a long time. And it's particularly interesting. 
particularly interesting because of because of you know it, it it's also interesting because at the same time we also have the uh the the, the american um olympic squad debacle which we'll talk about later and yeah and so yeah so evelyn stevens wins the stage um and takes the malia rosa Indeed she does, um, which, you know, is great for a bunch of reasons, not least of which it sets us up for an awesome next couple of stages. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, she did, she won, she won, a, um, and Evelyn Stevens, her last stage that she won in the Giro d'Italia was stage three back in 2012. So, you know, it's, it, it'll have meant a lot to her. And I've heard that she's retiring at the end of the season. I can't oh, actually right. find that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I haven't. I don't think I've seen or heard anything official, but I mean, in a lot of ways, I wouldn't be surprised either. It, you know, um, yeah, uh, okay. Um, but the other, the other interesting thing I think about that stage win, I mean, apart from, you know, what does it all mean and all of that sort of stuff, is the the fact that the gaps still aren't very pronounced. No, you know, no, this, this is still a very open race. Yeah, yeah, this is it's it's fascinating because so um let's do it. So the um so on that stage, uh Evelyn Stevens won, Longo Borghini, same time, Cashinio Doma two put two seconds, Merkin Guarnier has lost three seconds, sorry, Amar Abbott has lost three seconds, Guarnier and Lichtenberg lost twenty-four, with Rasselella Vita in uh, in a group, including Leah Kirchman, <laughs> uh, thirty-three seconds back. I love how Kirkman isn't gonna stop fighting. Yeah, yeah, Liv Panther is a very small is a very small team, like relative. You know, they're yeah, kind of apparently. they're almost a develop they're almost they're kind of almost a development team, but for like the best of the developing for the best of the seconds of the developing riders if that makes any sense at all like they're yeah they're I not mean, I um, what you're saying um i'm not sure i'd say it that way but i can't think of a better way to say it well they don't have any top superstars do they yeah yeah exactly they but, have riders like kirchman and fletcher mckay who are stepping up yeah. stepping up for sure and are like the best of the stepper uppers you know uh fletcher mckay is one of the best young riders around best best young riders around and uh, Leah Kirchman is one of the best, but they don't have a rider who's they don't have someone who you sit there and go, yeah, yeah, she's she's the top favorite to win. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it it just again just sets the whole race up to like yeah. it's still wide open. Um, yeah, because and- because yeah, because in the GC, Newadoma is two seconds behind Stevens, Guarnier is eighteen, Longo Borghini is twenty three, Lichtenberg's thirty five, Abbott's thirty six, uh, Lelevita is is four is 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 forty two seconds, Goodertso is forty four, and then Neil Kirchman's over over a minute. So they're still like they're still like yeah, um, still like eight, eight riders, riders within shooting distance of of the top. So yeah. So then we come to the sprint stages. So we're not going to really get so so technically on paper, we're not going to get much um, uh, changes in the sprint in, in the next stages. Yeah. But that well, doesn't stop people trying to escape. <laughs> it certainly doesn't stop people trying to escape. And it also, you know, um, it's women's cycling. So <laughs> like it double doesn't stop people trying to escape. Um, you know, they go hard. Uh, oh, they did. I, I think my favourite point was somewhere towards the end. The Twitter said that Trixie Warwick had attacked, and I just like shouted, shouted at my at my at my computer because if Trixie had 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 won that stage, I would legit have cried my eyes out because you know she's oh, one of yeah. Trixie's. She she's riding only with one kidney after having to have one removed after a crash. She's yeah, she's yeah. just like she's just oh Trixie, oh Trixie, oh Trixie, oh Trixie. Yes, 
amazing. Now, coincidentally, stage three of the Giro, so it was 120 kilometers from Montagnana to Lindanara, um, also happened to be what was widely reported as the most boring stage of the Tour de France this year. Oh, you know what the funniest thing was? So I've been a bit grumpy with the Rye Sport coverage, but I kind of understand why they're doing that. Because in the past, what would happen would be that Rye would show like a five-minute clip of the Giro Rosa in their Tour de France coverage, which, you know, is fantastic. They're an Italian race We're going for an Italian audience. They want to maximise their audience. This makes perfect sense. Like a lot of people go, oh, Sarah, they should move to a different time of year and they'd have much. I wrote about this on my blog, basically yeah. why, why, oh, they should move doesn't really make, you know, is, is kind of missing the point that it's an Italian race working for an Italian audience you know, that, that, that cares about Italy. Like if, you know, it's a bit like people saying, oh, Australian racers should move to a different time so that Europeans <laughs> should watch them. You yes, know? Yes, like Australians should race at three in the morning so that it's convenient to watch in Europe. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Actually, to be completely honest with you, if you polled Australian riders in summer, they might not turn you down, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, so it had only been mid-20s. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, no. So 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 what? So basically, so what they're doing this year is they they used to have, or I used to show a um, a forty minutes, forty five minutes to an hour long, uh, you know, a block of of um of, of of the Giro Rosa high of the Giro Rosa highlights. It, yep. they, they used to show a um forty five minutes to an hour long block of the Giro Rosa highlights, which they've stopped doing. But now they're showing about fifteen to twenty minutes in the men's Tour de France coverage, which makes it an absolute bitch if you're trying to find out when it is, because it's just just the Tour de France coverage. But it meant that when the men were doing their stage three, which they were riding incredibly slowly, incredibly slowly, and everyone on Twitter's just screaming their heads off about how boring it is, what Rye did was in the live coverage of the men's race, they showed the clip, they showed the highlights of the women's race with the men split-screened into the bottom corner. Yes, that's what I was going to say. The thing is, the the really important part of it is that they did it the right way round. They made the women's coverage the main screen and they put the men's race into the smaller screen in the bottom corner because, you know, the one that was going to finish first and the one that was actually more interesting to watch was definitely the women's race. Yeah, it was hilarious. I mean, it was a really good move um, on, but, you know, it's it's kind of like a nice little, I mean, it's exactly what's like, like, even if you don't like women's cycling, it's great because it means if I always used to have this problem that I take, like I used to work part time um, and I'd take my days and I'd get my days off. And during the Tour de France, I'd get my days off and I'd sit down in front of the Tour de France and get really excited because I could watch the entire stage live. You know, yeah. I could, I was, I'd, I'd be just, overjoyed by it and invariably the days that i had off were on sprint state were on sprint stages yeah yeah and i'd just be like cursing so this way even if you don't you know if there's something very very annoying about watching a race where and this is men's or women's where they're not really trying they're just kind of soft pedaling around and then they're going to wait for the sprint it's just frustrating so actually having some proper racing on and especially when it's highlights, when it's cut in, you know, it was perfect for the sport. It's like yeah, I can, yeah. I can, I can criticize a lot of stuff about, you know, I, I, I personally wish they were still showing for me the the long the long highlights. I, I'm never going to stop wishing that. But I can kind of understand why their emphasis, why they're, why they've taken the decision 
in Italy that their their key goal is to try to get as much of the Tour de France audience for the women's cycling as possible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's oh, like totally. And and I completely agree with it from a from a main broadcast point of view. But I do share your desire, and I think you know this is one of the real strengths of of the online presence that you can have as a network is that you could they they could still it could be both. You know, like yes, yes, like yes, your, yes. your live coverage could be the highlights package. Um, you know, I'm air quoting live because obviously the women's highlights package, but you know, in that Tour de France broadcast, yeah, sure. But online, give us the give us the hour long, give us the big cut, give us the whole story. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just frustrating. It's hard. Anyway, so hilarious, hilarious. So lots of attacks. Um, do you want to go through the end? Yeah, because... lots of attacks. Um, you know the. There were a couple of, um, well, a lot of the attacks, uh, as you would expect on a stage like this, were around um, tracking points for Queen of the Mountains and um, and intermediate sprints and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, um, it, one of the interesting mini battles on the stage was that um, Evie Stevens actually was holding the lead in the mountain classification, lost it by one point to Elisa Longo Borghini on the on the stage. Um, so, you know, the last move was from, um, Sylvia Valsecchi from Team B Pink around about 20 kilometers to go. Uh, but the field brought it back, uh, as everyone who was at all paying attention would have expected for a mm. bunch sprint. Now this begins the first of what I found super interesting because, um, in that last, uh, let's call it, let's say definitely in the last 5Ks, it might have been a little bit longer, but um, Canyon Sram were just nailing on the front with, I'm sure, Sarah, when you were watching it, you must have had chills down your spine remembering the old days of Cervelo Test Team and HTC and just watching a, a lead-out train form and just like gun for the, the end of the stage. Oh, they did it. They looked it. They, it looked so interesting. Like it was. It was. Uh. It yeah. Was, yeah. I mean, it's it was... like it was like five riders deep and just fucking pumping it and controlling everything at the front and, you know, it was stretchy out the back as as riders struggled to hold on and all of that sort of shit and other teams were positioning around them but were never never quite able to challenge and all of that sort of cool shit that you want from a a lead out mm -hmm. and you know the the anticipation's building and the kilometers are counting down and you're like fuck yeah we're about to sprint yeah. Mm. you know and the soundtrack starts playing in the back of your head like you know depending on what your musical tastes are like i don't know drum and bass or or dubstep or fucking heavy metal whatever just like mm, mm, mm. yeah cool shit's about to go down and um partway through i glance you know notice at the back that um that canyon sram have a little bit of a limpet mine stuck to the back of their train <laughs> Oh, come on. You've got to tell this story. It's fun. <laughs> just, just, you know, just sitting back there, just holding on, doing the thing. Um, and, and th that little limp of mine is, is the pocket rocket, Chloe Hosking. Um, and she's, she's just there on the back, you know, Kenya Stram are doing their thing. They're, they're chewing through riders, you know, working them out and, and dropping off and, and getting going. And we get down to, to the last two riders for, for Canyon. And we're probably a little over 300 meters to go. And L.A. Cipollini is starting to move up on one side. And all of a sudden, Chloe just pops out and guns it. And it's like it's like full-on bar-chewing, shoulder-rocking, ugly-as-shit sprinting. 
you know, like the bikes rocking side to side. Chloe's shoulders are thrown. Like, like you know, you know from classic like track style shit, you know, where you don't do that stuff. But at the end of a yeah. long stage, like sprinters going to sprint, you know, <laughs> like it's just that gun for the, the end. Um, unfortunately, because of the angles that we get, we only get that head on shot. So it's hard to see how much of a gap she actually got. I, I did see one report um, where the comment from Georgia Bronzini was that she actually got such a big gap just, you know, from that move that, that, that nobody could chase it down. She certainly had time to, as she crossed the line, sit up and, you know, wave both arms in the air. So Chloe won the sprint ahead of Marta Tagliaferro for Ale Cipollini and Georgia Bronzini actually pulled it in for third. So there's a whole bunch of things to unpack there that I found super interesting. One of which is that Canyon were like working it so hard for the lead out and, and then just got caught at that, at that final moment. I mean, we've seen that quite a lot this year. We've seen that quite a lot of yeah. Canyon's excellent leader. I mean, Tiffany Cromwell's amazing cornering yep. in that lead out. It's like, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, and yeah, there were a couple of moments where, like, through all of that, where I'm like, oh, that could have been really bad, but it wasn't, you know, like, like, it's that thing where that, like, talk about riding the lines, like, just, you know, dialed in good riding. And so it was super interesting to me that, like, and, and full credit to Chloe, like, she timed her jump perfectly. She just, I don't know. I don't know even if she remembers it clearly, but it just looked like she had that sort of innate sixth sense that shit was about to happen. And so she just beat everyone to the punch. And it was just that it wasn't, it wasn't that classic thing. If someone looked the wrong way and she took advantage of it or or whatever, she just jumped and it was the right moment and it went perfectly for her. And so, I mean, Chloe has had some good results before, even earlier this year, you know, she, she, well, she's had, she had three wins. She's had three wins this year. Yeah. Which one Which... was in the one was in the ladies tour of Qatar, the final stage. Yep. After after on the videos, like just the wiggle high five, just messing it up over and over again for the first three stages. Yep. Then she won the final stage. Then she won the second stage of the tour of Chongming Island, Island, which took her to the G- overall win. Yep. You know, her first world tour win, and this is her her fourth with third or yeah, fourth yeah, exactly. depending on how you and, count it and this, is this year she's had other wins in other years but this year is she's only been on the podium once yeah in, in on the podium once apart from those and that was in Chongming. yeah so this is this is like easily her standout year and this is easily the biggest win of her career and again oh. again last year exactly like evelyn stevens last year she had two wins one at classic mobahan and one at domp dorp and omloop alberg yep and, you know, she was third in Kent with Elgin, but she didn't have a very good year for her own results. Uh, 2014, she had two wins, one at the Omnip van Borsley and one at uh, stage three of the Lotto Bellasol, Belgium Tour. But, you know, this is this is like, a, you know, 2013, she had a couple of, like, two wins. And it's yep. like, it's like so her, you kind of feel like Chloe was a rider who was on the way down, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, like like it did feel a bit like she'd she'd hit her peak and gone past a little bit, but boy, this year she's you know she's she's tapped new depths of 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 um, maturity and skill and and whatever you know it's it's just it's awesome to see. And I mean, of course, I have to add, Chloe is always going to hold a special place in my heart for her post race interview where she gave her thoughts, um, perhaps you know blood still pumping a little strongly about the the you know genetic structure of pat mcquade's head so (laughs) you know i I... so it's and it's it's been a really fascinating race because i'd say that the comeback thing continues into stage four 
Yeah, absolutely it does. And I just, oh, I just, I just, just want to say before that, I thought that the Chloe Hosking, you see her in the post-race video interview on the UCI's where she's just got tears in her eyes, ecstatic yeah. tears in her eyes. The photos of her after the win, she crosses the line and she just has both hands over her face. Yeah, just, yeah. you can just see like, how much it means to her and, and adorable, stuff. Adorable, and adorable. Her parents, her par- I mean, Chloe has long been, you know, obviously involved in the cycling scene, but her parents are um, quite a big part of, um the the canberra cycling scene here in australia as well and and her family's well known there and canberra is a big part of australian cycling and so you know it's just it's one of those ones where like you're just happy for all of the people involved it's 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 just a really awesome thing to see and you know i i do also have to give a little bit of a, a shout out i mean it could just be incredibly good pr tweeting but um rochelle gilmore did tweet afterwards that she talked to georgia bronzini in the morning about what their plan for the day was and georgia had said today we'll win with chloe so you know even if it's not true it's a good story so eventually it will be true <laughs> <laughs> And and stuff. So, um, but just quickly, so uh, Roxanne Fournier was in fourth. Barbara, I'm going with the the pronunciation that the Rye commentators use. Barbara Gariski uh, was was in fifth. Uh, Lucinda Brand sixth. Megan Guanier seventh. Leah Kirkman eighth. Talita De Jong ninth, and Michaela Pavan um, for Impa Bianchi in tenth. The everyone, yeah, it was a bunch of sprints, so everyone finished on the same time basically, so it didn't change the GC um, in any meaningful way. Like, so Evelyn Stevens so, in GC lead. So, stage four, um, stage four, another sprint all around the most beautiful lake. I mean, oh my god, it was gorgeous! It's just it's it's stunning it's beautiful it's um uh Lago de Seo, i think it's just in 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 lombardy it's just 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 gorgeous and i'm just like sitting i want to go in that lake and i want to jump in that lake it's not fair i want to be in that lake ah beautiful 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 scene they had it was a 90k stage because they'd had to um uh shorten it because there'd been a landslide a couple of weeks ago that had taken out some of the roads so we don't know exactly what the what it was but it was basically um that kind of lakeside up and downy no no, nothing particularly high bit lumpy but basically one for the sprinters yeah pretty much um and i mean if anything possibly even slightly flatter than the day before you know um i think there was only one climb that entered into the the queen of mountain um stuff and yeah anyway um basically long story short um comes in for the sprint finish and again from let's call it you know five-ish kilometers out roughly um can you ceram it back on the front running their lead out like just fucking pumping it and again it's like it, it, it was like deja vu watching it because you know it's like oh this is going to be cool shit's happening the music starts to ramp up again dun, 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 mm, mm. you know fuck yeah we're getting our sprint on good times but you know i've got back and on- again and again following their lead outs yeah a little bit of a limp of mine just hanging on the back there just going well it worked yesterday so fuck it i'll give it another go um you know exactly and then you know you've got a whole bunch of other teams too who are like well shit there's not that many sprint stages left and you know you've got to pay attention to this so so a lot of churning um happening towards the front as teams you know try and position and stuff but the whole way through canyon sram are just but the one thing i do have to say like looking back on it like i was impressed with how it looked on stage three but on stage four man they just looked in fucking control like 
it's who 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 canyon yes it, it it was just one of those ones where like i'd been impressed on stage three but watching the video on stage four it's like i don't even really know what they changed because i couldn't point to any one thing but it was just a a kind of confidence in themselves well, and each other you know what they changed there was an interview with the um with the with with elena amulisic because it's her home roads before the race um that's shown on the on the highlights and they and Felix Matters is in the interview going, So you're riding for riding for Gurishi again today? And she went, No, we've got a different plan today. Well, hey, there you go, foreshadowing much. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, um, but uh, the thing is, you could see it like it, it's a little thing, but like they just looked ready for anything this time around. And the the riders sort of um you know shelling themselves you know doing their turn and then pulling off and getting out of the way and stuff it was just a little bit more focused a little bit more clean a little bit more sharp whatever it was it, it was just working um so they come through the the sweeping right hander towards the end inside the final kilometer and um and they pop it at just the right time and well no because a different because a different rider attacks though doesn't it doesn't she well, yes, but I'm talking. I wasn't talking about the final attack. I'm talking about ah. come through and they they just sort of. Sorry, yeah, I get what you mean. When I say pop it, I just mean like you know get their positioning lined up and are ready for that that run at it. Um, and then yeah, it just got a little bit complicated because, as you say, someone else came came for a bit of a nudge. Yeah, and Chloe Hosking started her sprint early, obviously going off the fact of, you know, it worked yesterday. Can it work again today? Yeah, and um, as it turns out, no. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, God loves a trier. So, you know, good on you. And and seriously, I'm not suggesting for a a second that that was the wrong decision. It's just, you know, that's it. This this is racing. You take your chances and, and you see how you go. But um it turned out that that canyon really did get it right and particularly in terms of their team efforts because um they delivered their rider for the day who surprisingly enough not a bunch sprinter by reputation and who last time won a giro stage um decided to do it by riding on their own for a really long time tiff cromwell Yes, another Australian rider, another cu- third kind of comeback rider because this was her first win, I think, since 2013. Yeah. Was it's, it 2013? It's been a long time coming for, for Tiffany Cromwell. It's been quite a while. It has. And, I mean, she said herself in, in the post-race interview, it's been a long time between drinks and and stuff. And they really did, you know, the, the team did great work and put her in the right spot, but she finished it off. And, and so she she crossed the line in first ahead of Maria Giulia Confalonieri and Ordo Bianic. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, her dad, Mike Cromwell, is um, was, was stuck in a motel somewhere in Perth in Western Australia, uh, madly trying to make use of, of motel Wi-Fi or something to, <laughs> to see what's going on. And one of my favourite parts about this stage is that it was the night before Tiff's birthday. So long yeah. time between wins. Um, very, very happy to see her win, but um, hell of a birthday present for herself as well. So congrats um, to both Chloe and Tiff for, for their respective wins. I thought I, I just really enjoyed them um, because uh, to me, they're, they're proof of 
Um, you know, some people aren't that keen on sprint stages, and I can understand why, but I actually really like them because you get these sort of things happening, and it's really interesting to see the different ways that they can be won. We had almost identical entries into the sprint on both of these stages, but we had two very different results. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It was awesome, 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 awesome. And just, yeah, I was just... I, I'm really we're top 10 at first I thought there must have been a crash because the top 10 was Cromwell I mean Cromwell has been up there as a kind of rider who, who's very good in sprints but hasn't kind of translated it to a win yeah Confan Lonieri of Lens World Zanata Orobianic from Porto Fuentes Futuris Group those are definitely the smaller teams uh, some of the, amongst the smaller teams of the race yeah Marta Bastianelli for Ali Cipollini in fourth well she's a very good sprinter I expect that Michaela Pavin from Impasato Giuffredi, Ariana Fidanza from Astana, Soraya Paladin from Top Girls, Leah Kirkman is kind of the first real big name of the sprinters in eighth, uh, yep. an uh, Sheila Gutierrez Ruiz from uh, who's a, who's a, who's a, who's a Spanish rider for Silence in tenth, another young rider. And you're sitting there going, okay, then Ilaria Sanguinetti, Sofia Bezzazzolo, Irene Bitte, Laura Biacelli, Michaela Balducci, Ingrid Drexel. You're going, wow. So the first bowls rider is Megan Guarnier. Yep. in the 16th um you're looking down going where are the sprinters but no there wasn't a crash it was just it was just that canyon put all their eggs in one tiffany cromwell shaped basket won it paid off wiggle high five their first rider was um uh georgia bronzini in 17th yeah and yeah. you know you're looking they go wow the sprinters just aren't up there how interesting like just 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 fascinating apart from bastianelli but how how interesting like yeah it's it, it's... it just really really was and and this is the thing is you know again how much of that is is teams making tactical decisions to save their legs for today's Mortarolo stage, how much of it is them, you know, looking further down the line, how much of it is them recovering from stage three, I don't know, but gee, it's interesting. So interesting. So the other interesting thing was what it did to the GC, because um, while you end up with like, uh, you know, um, a lot of the riders there, there's a split in the bunch, big split in the bunch with a 10 second back group, which, and then there's a 13 second back group, and the 13 second back group includes Mara Abbott. Yep. So Abbott has lost time. The other riders are right up, right, 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 right up front. But we basically end up with the GC looking like Stevens, three seconds behind Neodoma, thirteen seconds behind Megan Guarnier, twenty-four Lisa Bogoni, um, thirty-six Lichtenberg, forty-three to Vita, forty-five to Tatiana Goderzo, fifty to Mara Abbott, and then Leah Kirchman at one thirteen. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's super interesting, particularly because as we um, you know, all know Mara is a classic climber um, in the sense of pure climbing, like like big mountain, slowly grinded out climbing. Um, and so and she stage five, which is the one that we is is basically coming up. Yeah, yeah, is, <laughs> um, is, is essentially custom built for her. I mean, not no, not no, literally not. for her, but no, 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 no. In terms of the climb, it is. It's no. not. It's not because of the descent, but it is because of the climb. The climb in stage five is the Mortarola Chimacopi, um, one of the most epic climbs of racing anywhere. It's famous. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's hard as fuck. It's one of the hardest climbs there is on the calendar in, in, in cycling. And it's beautiful. But at the top of the climb, there's a plateau 
of about the climb comes in at 30 kilometers into the stage then there's a plateau of about 10 kilometers then there's 20 kilometers of descending and a slight uphill finish and that's where the the real test you know but it's also why those extra 10 seconds on stage four actually really matter for abbott because she has to make up so much time on that climb that the descent plus whatever time she's behind before that the stage starts doesn't come back to bite her on the ass Yes, yes. So this is so this is kind of one of those things where, I mean, I guess Abbott is Abbott is assuming that I mean, in a way, Wiggle High Five, we've got the perfect position here because they're going for the basis that Abbott will be able to blast the Mortarolo. But if she's caught on the descent, hopefully Elisa Longo Borghini will be there. And if and although, you know, and then we after the Mortarolo, we've still got four stages to go. You know, and one of those stages is a time trial, which is a lumpy time trial, which should be good for Abbott. She's not a bad time trialist. She's got good time trial skills, but not as good as your Van der Bleggers, your, you know, your, 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 you know, your Elisa Longo Borghini's, even Megan Guarnier, I, I would say. So it's it's going to be very, very interesting because um, stage six. Uh, so stage six is um, tomorrow. And it looks like um, and it's another it's kind of another climby one. In that it's, uh, I mean, it's it's a Giro profile. God knows yeah. what's really going on. It could be anything. This could be anything. Um, sorry, I can't actually open up my open up the the thing because, of course, the website hates me. Um, <laughs> uh, it's the technology. God above. Absolutely. Um, Let's have a look at stage. So stage. So stage. So stage six in a in a in a moment. In a moment. In a moment. Yeah, so stage six is, is, and this is the thing: is like the profile for the time trial looks like it's it's small, but then Vela Focus ran it through his profile generator. It's not. So stage six tomorrow has like is up and down. He climbs with an uphill finish, so yeah. anything can anything anything can happen in that one, baby. It's you know it's it's but it's but that's kind of looks more classicy types than your Mara Abbott t- style. Although if you, if you can make it to the end, you know that's a perfect it's a perfect finish for her. Yeah, exactly. But you know it's and also also-y. great. But it's great for all the other riders who are up there in the GC. Your Neodomas, your Guarniers, your Stevenses. So yeah, you know it's yeah. not it's not it's not. It's not easy, you know what I mean. And it's... this is this is the devilish genius of the the zero route planning because, you know, particularly in a in a shorter grand tour, it's hard to incorporate enough of the various kinds of stages um, to to a keep everybody happy, b give everybody a chance to to showcase and play to their strengths, and c to actually keep the race open and active as long into the race as possible. Yeah. But gee, they do it because, you know, and it, and it is, it's devilish tricks like the, the, you know, descending finish um, on today's stage. And, and like you say, even with the mountaintop finish, there's enough rollingness and flatness through the middle of that stage that a well-organized team can attack on a descent, put some time in and maybe, maybe make that difference. Yeah, no. I mean, st- stage eight is another one technically for climbers. Mm. As she says, throwing her hands up, it could be anything. <laughs> um, and then stage nine is uh, stage nine is 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 another one. Uh, sorry, <laughs> so slow. Because so, stage nine is another is is like another is a chance for anything to happen because it's yeah. got some little climbs in it. So it's, yeah, so we're just, it's just fascinating. The whole thing's fascinating. Um, I love, this is what's great. This is why we need more races that are long like this, 
because um it's it's yeah it's 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 perfect it's it's interesting the whole thing is um is 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 very 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 interesting i'm i'm excited by this absolutely and as as we said earlier the racing so far um you know this this first four stages has been super entertaining and really interesting stuff so um you know again i'm i'm with you i'm just really excited to see how it goes Mm -hmm. so mm. well i mean i guess that catches us up on the the zero so far i mean we'll be back next week to talk through the rest of it and and obviously um, we're trying to wrap up so we can see what uh, what happened on stage five. <laughs> but before we can go, we've got so much news to catch you up on. Um, you know, related to Olympics, related to the World Champs um, for mountain biking, and and all sorts of stuff. So, where would you like to start, Sarah? Let's start with the mountain biking. All right, because right. World Championships is 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 amazing is it was was fantastic it was um world champion world champs was was glorious it was it's this year because of the olympics the downhill mountain bike and the cross-country mountain bike world champs have been split normally they're together in this gigantic festival of cycling but because of the olympics they've moved the cross-country to early on in the year and we started off with Linda Indigand winning the elimination um, and France winning the relay with including Pauline Fran Prevot. But those aren't really proper races. Sorry, they're fun and exciting, but they're kind of warm ups. Although they do have world championships medals. So, you know, you know, Pauline Fran Prevot wins one world championships this year. And yeah, it was it was the so in the juniors, Ida Janssen of, uh, of, of Sweden won with Lisa Pastena of, of Austria second and Martina Berta of Italy third. Um, pretty solid win. In the under-23s, another Swedish rider, Jenny Risveds won. Um, really dominant, really, really dominant. Messina Frey second, Alessandra Keller, Messina Frey from Switzerland, Alessandra Keller from Switzerland in second too, and Evie Richards of Great Britain fourth, um, despite a big crash. And then we came to, and the elites, and the elite racing is like, I mean, it started off drama because there's this massive crash in the first, in just in the opening run. And Gunrita Dala Flesher, who's one of the biggest, biggest names, actually crashes out. And Pauline Fran Prevot, you know, the, the reigning mountain bike world champ, crashes as well. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, and it's drama. And all the way through the race, there's drama like this. Um, Sabina Spitz, uh, cr- cr- uh, I think, mechanicaled out of the race. There's, there's, there's tons of big names crashing. But Annika Langvad from Denmark is the rider in front almost almost from the beginning. It starts off with Yolanda Neff going super fast. but but And, and everyone has Yolanda Neff pegged as the favourite. But Annika Langvad, she won the first couple of World Cups. And she also won the um, Adventure Mountain Bike Race, the... Um, the Cape Epic. Oh, she's yeah, a yeah, three. Yeah. T- I think she's a three times mountain bike world, um, mount, uh, uh, marathon mountain bike world champ, and she'd just been beaten in the marathon world champs by Yolanda Neff a couple of weeks ago. So it's, but Annika Langdad is out there solo, looking really super strong. Maya, well, I can never say her name. Wolskowska of Wolskowska of uh, Poland is second, but punctures and gets overtaken by Leah Davison of the USA, and then in the final lap punctures again has to run to the pits gets overtaken in the pits Anna Kalangbad wins Leah Davison second 
because Wachowska has been been passed by Annie Batty, she it becomes this massive, massive sprint for third. Batty just wins. Just oh my god! Wow, drama. My heartbeat is still is still is still up yeah. there. So yeah. yeah, no, okay. That um that actually made me pretty tense just hearing about it. So yes, um wow. It was beautiful racing. I mean, the thing about. Uh, but uh, Pauline Fran-Provot crashed a couple of times yeah. in the race, and the, and the uh, including on the rock garden, so hardcore because the next day you've got this picture of her all taped, her face all taped up, cheering and cheering for her French teammates and the men's. Yeah, yeah, wow, wow. Um, but you know, awesome of her to be to be t- cheering her teammates on after like. But geez, is, I mean, is there any news about like? A, presumably, it's mostly minor injury stuff if she's out i don't i have no idea she's had a really really tough tough year she's had lots of injuries and problems and sickness so i don't know i mean who knows i mean uh, yolanda neff for the second year in a row starting off as a favorite and just not pull it just not pulling it together yeah what does that mean for the olympics it's just it's it's super exciting there's tons of videos and photos and yeah. an amazing like head cam, helmet cam video take it shot just after the finish line of Langvad winning and going crazy and then cheering her heart out for Leah Davison in second because they're specialized teammates. Yep, yep. Awesome. And there's like the, and then there's Davison's helmet cam. All of that's on our blog, prowomenscycling.com. Cool, cool. Um what else? What else do you want to talk about? Do you uh, want to talk about good news or bad news? Doping well, uh... Olympics. Oh, look, interesting if, let's get the let's get the doping shit out of the way and then finish with um you know with some good cool fun news and some interesting news yeah um so doping it turned out that tatiana antashina has been caught taking a growth hormone mm. um, which is so boo for taking it yay for catching it I don't understand why people are taking things that are so easy to catch. You know, this is like old school doping. I am sick of dopers, but I'm so happy that they're caught. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, that's um, really all I got to say about that. Like, but the interesting like, thing is her team, Astana had said, actually they'd written to her on May the 24th, trying to get a mutually benefit, a mutually um, agreed uh, um, split up break. Oh really? Okay. Because um, because the uh, because they because they they basically she apparently hadn't turned up to training camps and she oh. and, and she's not been on form and she's not been right, very good. Right. So they're not very. So they were trying not very happy with anyone. They said, "Yeah, her doping positive makes it easier for us." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I guess it is that so, classic thing of of the employer. You know, you've got a problem. You've got a problem uh, employee, and then all of a sudden they they fuck up in a really really bad way, and you can go, well, that solved the other problem too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Anyway, as I say, I basically boil it down to boo for doping. Yeah, she got caught. Let's all fucking move on. Um. um so uh, well, okay. So a little bit of Aussie news. Um. So the Australian, well, almost all of the Australian team has been announced for for the Olympics in cycling. So um, almost, almost, almost. So in the mountain bike, we've got Rebecca Henderson um, at her second games. Um, in the BMX, uh, surprise, surprise, Carolyn Buchanan, and um, we'll be joined by Lauren Reynolds. Second games for both of them. Um, for the the track. 
Um, we have Ashley Ann Kudinoff, Georgia Baker, Amy Cure, and Nettie Edmondson for the team pursuit. Nettie will also be contesting the Omnium. Um, oh, and sorry, Mel Hoskins is the fifth for the team pursuit. Well, I don't know who's the fifth, but she's in the team pursuit squad. Um, then we've got uh, infamous slash notorious slash superstar slash famous slash awesomest Anna Mears. Um, this will be her fourth Olympics. That's pretty fucking incredible, dude. You're just, you're just, you're just getting, you're just moving away from the bit that's the most interesting to and me. Stephanie Morton. No, you're just into the most. No, what's no, the most I'm just announcing the track team. Jesus, settle down, dude. Also, it was announced today that Adam Mears will be holding the flag at the opening ceremony for the Australian team, which is kind of like I don't know. Apparently, that's a big deal. So, yay, Anna. So stop trying to steal Anna's thunder, Sarah. Jesus, just because the road team hasn't been announced yet because there's appeals going on and stuff. And that's all anybody knows. Yeah, the road team is in appeal. Uh, we know that Yoel Newmanville in Canada is is appealing the Canadian um, road team. We know Flavia Oliveira has been... has has terminated her contract with her team um, Lensworld Zanata over disagreements about what bike she rides for the rest of the season so she's not in so the Olympics has mean that she's not in the Giro and we also know that Carmen Small and one other unnamed I know who she is um, American rider have gone to arbitration for con- contesting their, their, their non-selection for Rio. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know a lot about the appeals process in different jurisdictions and stuff. Um, I I don't even know much about it in Australia, but I was super interested to learn about the US one. Apparently, is pretty fucking expensive. Um, yeah, um, a fan has started a GoFundMe to raise money for Carmen Small to pay for lawyers to go to the US arbitration process because she says it's going to take between twenty five percent and fifty percent of her salary to yeah, pay for. Yeah arbitration and she has a really good blog on her site one of the things i find really hard for writers is that they're not is that when because you know we've got the same thing happening in britain is it's not about saying that writer who's in there is shit and shouldn't be in there it's about saying i am i have got better results and should be in the olympic team yeah, yeah. it's a really hard road and and and, and carmen small explains it quite well but i'm yeah. kind of on carmen Small's side really and that she, well, t- she says she was told that if she wants to go to the olympics she should be racing the hardest races in the world she should be racing against them she should and you know carmen small has has contributed majorly to getting uh the qualifications places it gets for, for yeah, riders yeah. into the american team However, the American team is incredibly, incredibly divisive. It's even more divisive that one of the top um, is that Jim Miller, who's one of the uh, major senior people in USA Cycling, is the coach of of um, of of Kristen Armstrong. Yes, exactly. Now, Jim Miller says that he recused himself from this decision making process. But when you've got a situation where the, the some of the top people in your organization are also intimately, you know, uh, 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 are, you know, have a kind of vested interest in a rider you know it's it's yeah it's it's complicated i mean we've talked about this for most of the year on and off you know and and quite specifically in relation to the u.s it's hard because you know you've got so many competing factors in terms of you know who's good for the course who's your strongest itt option but they've also got to be able to support us on the road and and blah blah blah, unless we're confident that they're going to medal and all of this sort of shit so i get that it's it's very very difficult you know i mean even with our our track team so 
bear in mind, we, we list those. They're all very, very good writers. Left off the Team Pursuit team, for example, is Rebecca Wysak, who is the reigning world champion and a double world champion in the individual pursuit. You know, those are the kinds yeah. of decisions. Like, it's it's not like you're fucking leaving a nobody behind. You know, and and I feel for Beck. I, I you know, and for everyone who, who has that really, really hard news. And I can see in some circumstances absolutely how you'd have a conviction that, no, I should be there. So, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I, I find it really upsetting that, you know, I mean, Carmen Small says in her blog that she's not making six figures. She says she's lucky. She feels lucky to be making five figures yeah. in, cycl- in cycling. But. Yeah, the well, fact exactly. that it's, the fact that it would take the twenty-five to no, the, I mean, and this is why you you know you were saying before we started that that's the kind of GoFundMe that you feel that you feel more conflicted about, but but it's you know and and I love it, it was set up by a fan who's going right yeah. we want to help and and actually I can see why you know people who are her fans and her friends can tip in twenty-five dollars and money that's not going to help her in the in the in the in, in the short term you know individually yeah. but together it can help her raise the cash. Oh, I mean it's just and and particularly you know uh, again I don't know the ins and outs of the the U.S. system so you know caveat the hell out of this but. But, you know, uh, uh, at least ideologically, in general, America is certainly a country where pay to play is, is a big part of things like, yeah. you know, being able to, to, you know, it's everything from access to good jobs, to good universities, to, to good health care, to everything else. You know, like I can understand that, you know, getting the representation you need and going through that process could actually be quite expensive. I get that. And so, you know. Um, it's, it's just, I, 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 yeah, it's just hard, man. It's just hard. And particularly like you say, for a writer like Carmen, I think she's got a legit case to put forward for why she should be included. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a shame. It's a shame that you have to, you know, it's a shame that, you know, it's a shame that writers without her, 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 you know, without, without those resources don't have that. But anyway, it's, um, yeah, so we'll see. I'm going to write about this. I'm going to do a blog about this tonight, I think, and put it up on the site just to kind of line up what we know about. Now, I only know about the Anglos who are complaining and fighting about it. Um, it's it's uh, it's um, it, it because and that's partly because I can you know I, I'm English speaking. I speak a bit of Spanish. I read a bit of Spanish. I I've got very vague, very very bad. Dutch reading skills, you know, French reading skills, etc. But you know, this is information that comes across my way. So it could be the other right that this happens in other countries too. And you know, we don't know what's happening in Italy. And I think there's also something about the Anglo's are much more likely to talk about it too. You know, yeah, like yeah. whereas I think the Italy the Italians will kind of put it in on the sly. But you know, if, if they're complaining, they might put it in on the sly and then will not. You know what I mean? It, so so there is that as well. The kind of the cultural thing about what you do about getting press and things like that for these for these sorts of things. But yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, Carmen has Carmen Small has you know her her her, her fans are, are publicizing her fans and friends are publicizing it. So you know, it's not something she's gone after. But you know, I still think yeah, if you if you fancy it, um, go to her blog Carmen Small, um, and and she's got links all over it, um, yeah, all over yeah. it for that. Um, yeah. Um, you know a name who wasn't in the Australian team, who I hadn't realised that she'd retired, was Macy Stewart, who's oh, yeah. uh, it was a massive junior world champion, super talent, and has retired, has stepped back from cycling at age twenty. Well, I mean, fuck, I feel old. She's got this really interesting 
piece of writing about it on Ella Cycling Tips, where she talks about she's not necessarily saying she's retired. She's just stepping back from, you know, she steps she, about why she's chosen to step back, what she's doing instead. You know, she's she's got a job. She's 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 doing a course. She's doing more dancing. She's yeah. remembering why she loves cycling in the first place. And yeah, yeah. And one of the things, but one of the things that's fascinating about it is her saying, you know, it doesn't mean that she's out of cycling forever because she's only 20. You know, she's got plenty yeah. of time, but she, she has got the chance to come back if she wants to. So massive good luck to Macy Stewart. I find that blog completely interesting, really yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, and, and we do often talk about, you know, the, the challenges for riders to make it and, and all of that sort of thing. Um, and especially we, for Aussies, especially yeah, for Aussies. Yeah, absolutely. But we also we also often talk about how, like, for example, um, US riders will most often go through that collegiate system um, and how – because of the the vagaries of trying to earn a living on the bike are, are you know um, infinitely more difficult for women that there's there's often um, study and things going on alongside so it is a good point about Macy you know being young enough that she's got plenty of options and as you say plenty of time I mean she could she could theoretically go do a degree and come back you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. totally um, a valid option so speaking of speaking of doing qualifications, yeah. Elisa Longo Borghini has passed the police academy and is now a fully qualified police officer. <laughs> so does that is that does that mean a like two questions? One, is she going to become a bike cop? Two, um, is she going to put like lights and a siren on her bike and then use that to pull um, other teams over so that she can pass them and win races? She's um she's she's kind of she's a, she's a she I mean this is a lot of the Italians do this that they that they have and the Germans do this as well and the French do this as well Pauline Franprevot is a member of the gendarmerie that they have a it's a way of supporting athletes but also I mean it's great for the organization because these are people who make good employees afterwards so it basically means that Longo Borghini has her has her ability to be a bike racer funded by the police academy and a um and a and a and a and a job yeah, yeah, a job yeah. and a job afterwards, some security. So, you know, congratulations to Elisa. She's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, bear that in mind if you get pulled over in Italy. You might be able to talk your way out of a speeding ticket. Who knows? Yes. You mm. you won't be able to. That doesn't constitute a get-out-of-jail-free card okay. or anything. Like, no, don't just don't speed, okay? Good. <laughs> <laughs> so, last piece of news. Yep. Last piece. Oh, there's a really interesting piece on if you like Dan have a bike related tattoo, then Ella also ah, has ah. a uh, a piece a, a, a gallery of tattoos in the women's peloton. Um Dan's isn't in there because he's not a member of the women's peloton. Um Yeah, no that's and but the last thing is we've got our first piece of transfer news for 2017. Yeah. And, I didn't and... think they were allowed to announce this early, to be honest. I thought that there was a kind of... Unsp- yeah, but, but this one is also, I think, big enough and kind of surprising enough that, like, I don't think this was going to stay a secret. Who have Bowles Dolman signed for 2017? Look, I just, if you had told me, you know, like last week that Anna van der Breger is going to be going to Bowles, I would have been like, you fucking what? Nah, it makes perfect sense. No, well, it it makes perfect sense in, in, like, it's great for them. Yeah, like for Bowles, like that makes perfect sense. But like the bit about her leaving Rabo is the bit that I'm like, huh? Like, yeah, but. I mean, I don't. I just wouldn't have seen that coming. I didn't see that coming. 
I mean, I what I hope is that we're not going to have all another. I mean, what I really want for next year is talent to be spread across the 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 um, the, the the, the peloton a little bit more equitably if you know what I mean I, I I think we've got at the moment we've got a situation where we've got three teams that are so head and shoulders above everyone else and then then the next three teams are even you know bigger and then the next you know what I mean like 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 there's a big there's big steps but yeah I mean especially if Evelyn Stevens is retiring um Van der Breger is the kind of is a kind of perfect person to replace her and she's oh, yeah. Dutch yeah, and no, it's a Dutch team yeah, yeah don't get me wrong I don't I mean it's a great result for Bowles of course it makes sense for Bowles I just as I say I I never saw Van der Breger leaving Rabo I just I just I, you know I would have figured Rabo for life but you know <laughs> here we are here we are so um definitely definitely big news um, and as you say, I mean, as the rest of the transfer news starts to unfold towards the end of the season and into the new season, um, you know, I mean, we always love a bit of gossip and rumour about transfers, but... Um... <laughs> it's a little bit too early for me, to be honest. I yeah, think, you yeah. Know, I, I, I want my transfer news. I, my, my, my transfer news should start after the Olympics. Yeah, I was going to say, usually usually we start drumming that up around Worlds just to, just to get things going so that you've got something to gossip about until cyclocross season kicks off, yeah? <laughs> So, so, you know, it is it is a, a surprising early announcement, but but you know, it sets a tone. May all the transfer announcements to come be just as interesting. Yes, 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 yes. And um, come back next week where we'll bang through stages five to nine of the Giro Rosa. Go to our site prowomenscycling.com where you can see all the videos and clips and highlights and things that I find in daily posts. And if you want to chat to us about all of this, um comment on Give the blog or, or hit Sarah up on Twitter at at underscore pigeons underscore. I am at Dan W official. Um, and, and yeah, we can, we can trade insults and stuff. <laughs> well, you and I, that's specifically you and I can trade insults. Don't insult Sarah or I'll come do mean things to you. <laughs> Hope you enjoy the rest of the race as much as we do. Now we're going to go and find out what happened in stage five. Descending. (laughs) Hang on. Descending. Climbing. Waterolo. Thank you for listening.